Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. At Leia Healthcare, we always want to give our members more. So now you get unrestricted access to a world of benefits that will help you stay healthy. From convenient video calls with a GP to get prescriptions online, to easy access to experts when you finally want to do something about your ropey knee or dodgy back. And if you do need to see someone urgently, our clinics are available for minor injuries, all without you needing to put your hand in your pocket. Let's stay on top of your health, in every way. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Insurance provided by Ellipse Insurance Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare. Leia Healthcare Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare and Leia Life is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Unrestricted benefits are available until the end of December. Fair usage policy applies. Yes, what a guest we've got, it's a belter, first goalie we've had on, not just the biggest hands I've ever seen, but the biggest Henry Holes I've ever seen as well. <laughs> Rob Douglas, how are you doing? Thank, thanks very much, thanks for the invite. Thanks for coming on mate. Well, looking forward to it. Been looking desperate to get you on. Uh, wonder if you remember, do you remember you chased me at Barrowfield one day? Got us in a chokehold for about 10 minutes now. I think so, vaguely. I, I was being cheeky at you, huh? Oh, well, there you go then. No, the right. only time I've felt strength like that since is when my missus cuddles in us at night. Who's got the bigger hands? <laughs> <laughs> but by the way, I want a square go with you after it to put this right. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, how are you doing at Arbroath, mate? Enjoying it? Coaching Loving them? It. Loving it, coaching. Good New club, Terry great club. I never ever thought I'd get into it. Um, the gaffer asked us up at Forfar, he got him help. Obviously, Forfar's Dick Campbell, obviously, uh, legend. Um, learning off of him. And I came out of the game when he left Forfar, and I didn't think I'd get back in. Can enjoy my weekends and I went up to help them just sit on the bench for a couple of Scottish Cup ties one of the goalies there he was on loan I think Robbie much for Aberdeen they wouldn't let him play in the bench go on the bench ended up on the bench played once last year at the ripe old age of 46 I think is that what you had 46? 47 in fact 45 I played at Hamden we won 2-0 got a clean sheet wow um, so that was my one and only game for our bros so I thoroughly enjoyed it it's great I hadn't played in just on 23 months. I hadn't played, but to go and get a win, it could have went either way. But, uh, Especially with Ingles. Well, very true. <laughs> clean sheet, clean sheet, even caught across. What? No, I loved it. I loved it. Great. It's a good club, great people, 
good board of directors and a great bunch of what boys. What is it that keeps you going, Rob? Is it just a love, uh, love of the game? Natural enthusiasm, I like it. I'm obviously a, a lot younger than the gaffer and pink and youngie. I say to him, I'm still, I still look for my holidays during the season, a couple of days here and there in Benidorm or whatever, you know, um, recharge the batteries. And they're good with that, you know, the goalie, I've got good goalies that are both, I'm lucky that way. Uh, Darren Hill and Darren Jimison and a couple of boys come in and train, so... It's great for me. Brilliant, what a season you have as well. Right, first into football. Because we've never had a goalie on, I want to ask you, did you want to be a goalie, be truthful? I played outfield uh, as a kid. Eight, nine, ten, Smilem Rovers, started off, went to Kirkfield, and uh, it's Kirkfield's 50th anniversary this year. Three men started it, Mr Mackey, Mr Forrest and Mr Swinburne. Um, still keep in touch with two of them. Mr Mackey's passed away, I was lucky enough. Managed to give them all a Scotland shirt. Oh, um, so I played outfield, went to Kitfield. Mr Swinburne, who's involved at Muddle, uh, his family were involved at Muddle, uh, became a goalkeeper. Every now and again I would play outfield at Kitfield as well. But um, about the age of 10, I kind of took, took a passion for being in goals. Boyhood heroes were, believe it or not, Neville Southall was my ultimate. Looks like me, uh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Neville Southall. Um, Bruce Grobler and Ray Clemens they used to kind of that was a three Shelton that era was yeah. when I was growing up what was it about the goals that you wanted was it just the height thing were you big I think I wasn't the biggest obviously I was tall but I went in and thoroughly enjoyed it um, and just just getting balls off your face I just Mr Swinburne's son was a winger and he used to come out and give you extra training you know he would play one twos with his son he'd come in and get shots different angles and stuff like that it was Really got into it about that age, about 10 year old, and uh, never looked back. Why do you think you weren't uh, picked up for uh, a youth academy? I saw boys under 14s, my teammates at Kitfield went S form with Muddle, one went into Rangers S form, one went into Celtic. It kind of drifted through, went and played with Muddle under 15s, and then went amateur. Uh, it was not. Maybe it wasn't good enough, maybe they didn't see like what they saw. You uh-huh. know. And uh, you got a, a trade as a brickie as well? I was a bricklayer at Lanark, uh, I was in the retained fire brigade, retained firefighter 91552. Oh yeah, eh? Uh, I was a, was it a hard graph? Lanark, we, it was mostly road traffic accidents we had. As soon as it started snowing, you could just stand outside the fire station, your pager would go with all the road, uh-huh. the, the traffic crashes, but uh, it was great. Um, so obviously guys you worked with, guys you knew, one of my pals, same age as me, Andy Davidson, uh, he was in the fire brigade as well, you know, so it was great. Good laugh. Uh-huh. See, the, the amateur stuff, uh, how unprofessional was it? Was it fags and blue WKDs on the side of the pitch? Believe it or not, I was in the second team at Simon and Tinto. there was two, the second team were the Canary Ruffians, and uh, we played in the Lanarkshire League, but we had rules, um, it was set amongst the players, boots had to be clean, shirt and tie, if you didn't train, you didn't play, where the first team, the Caledonian, they just basically didn't train and they played. But um, <laughs> eventually progressed into the first team. And it took the manager a wee while to convince me. The goalie broke his arm and he said, right, big stuff, you're coming to the first team. I said, no, I'm staying with my mates. I said, I should have been the first team at the start of the season. That's my mates that I win and lose with. And we were. Win, lose and fight together was that second team. Was there fights uh, in that? There was a few. You're known a few. for a fight, especially at Celtic, is you're on the tunnel, aren't you? No. Is that where I, it all started? I, I, I think it all starts. I think that's your teammates, you stick together, you know, whether it's Peterhead, whether it's Arbroath, whether it's Simon and Tinto, you, you've got that bond with your teammates. Uh-huh. Uh, so when did it start to become more than just a hobby? Was there a time that you thought, right, I'm good enough, I could, I've got a wee chance here, or was it always just a hobby for you? It was always a hobby at Simon. Um, we actually built 
there was obviously all the boys were different trades. We built an extension on the clubhouse. I don't think it's even finished yet. Right. But um, <laughs> we built an extension on the clubhouse. We, I was last off of training. I wouldn't say I was the most talented, but I had the biggest desire. You know, I wanted to try and improve myself 18, 19, 20 at that age group. And um, one of the Meadow Bank goalies broke a finger. I got a shout to go and play in a reserve game, and I did okay in a couple of reserve games. And he signed us, and it kind of went from there. Never ever, I thought, I honestly thought it was miles off it. Mm-hmm. Um, the first year, I didn't think I was good enough. And then I thought, fuck it, sink or swim, you know. And that's when I started learning to swim in the big bad league of football. Mm-hmm. I was on the bench, can end the squads on the bench to start with Meadowbank. And I didn't drive. I got home at midnight every night after training. Cost me probably 14 quid. I used to get a tenner expenses. I wanted to do it. I I thought sec, the second year, especially once I'd buried myself in, and then we can. I I got playing more there. I mean, my debut we we could beat five one down at Queen of South, which wasn't great. You know, you're thinking this is nothing. This is <laughs> this is a hard gig, but it's a great learning curve. You know, I played a couple of junior times, but um, stepping up from amateur level to that was you know it's a big step. Thoroughly enjoyed it. But see, for young people, it is true. Hard work is everything. It? As I say, the biggest desire. I wasn't wasn't the most talented. I was last off the picture. I wanted to try and improve myself, you know. And and that's what that's what gets you there. Yeah, you know? definitely. Did uh, Meadow Bank convert to Livingston? Did that help you as well? Did it become more professional after that? I think it definitely did. Um, some of them went full time. I think they took six or eight on full time. I wasn't one of them. Um, Devastated. No, not devastated. They they brought in two Barbadian internationals. Big Horace, the goalie. Horace was the favourite. Horace had done the back, is it silly? No, no, no. Horace <laughs> Stout. <laughs> no, he was about the same size as Horace had done. But um, it was a great it was a great learning curve, the Meadowbank thing for me. As I say, I didn't drive. The train used to go almost past my hometown, didn't stop. Again at midnight. Got to Livingston and I was playing regularly and I probably kicked on more from the start of Livingston, about a season and a half at Livingston. I really kicked on there. I started working. I'd worked with Murray McDermott and uh, Roy Baines. At, uh, Inverness, he played for Roy Baines, no? That... Roy was at Morton and Celtic, Celtic as well. Yeah. Uh, there was an old guy, Tam used to take us at Meadow Bank as well. Tam well passed away. And then obviously Dundee came in for us. But I had so many managers as well. Donald Park at Meadow Bank. Oh, did you have Park? did you? John yeah. Brownlee, Mickey Lawson, Big Leash. Leash eventually sold us. How was Jim Leishman? Brilliant. Same. Football. Football Saturday. Get the best out of part-time players. Mm-hmm. We were playing our growth to win the title. Before the game, he comes up and rams this medal that far away for your face. Monson, you want one of these? You want one of these? This is mine for 1960. <laughs> we were 4-0 up at half-time against our growth and we won the title that day. He brought the medal out after the, the game. It was a 5 side medal. <laughs> Didn't matter. It worked. It worked. Uh-huh. You know, the motivation was there. And uh, managers still do that nowadays, so it's great. What about wee Parker? Because he could be an angry man. You ever on the wrong side of Parker? I didn't, but one of the goalies uh, had a beast up at Arbroath. I think we could beat 3 1 or 3 2. He had a hand, it was Hurricane Arbroath. Meadowbank could beat 3 1 or 3 2, and Parker went to the goalie. You start looking for another job on a Saturday, like working in McDonald's. That's when I thought I maybe had a chance at football. <laughs> yes, I'm in. <laughs> but uh, as you say, Dundee came in for you. Were you surprised to get such a big club as Dundee to come in? Yeah. I'd... When did you first hear it? I'll tell you, I was, in the, I was in the fire engine, we were going to a shout, and I said, no to the boys, I said to the boys, I might be going to Dundee for 30 grand. 
That was the first bid. Ended up 60 grand and Kevin McGee went the other way. So it was a 100 grand deal um, between Dundee and Livingston. I didn't know too much about it. My son had been in York Hill Hospital with a heart condition, so I hadn't been training all the time. It was pre-season. I signed for Dundee the night before the season started and Peter and Jimmy Marr had the hotel out at Inchture, so we were pre-match out there. John McCormick's team talk. This is Jim McAnally, your gaffer, will confirm this right, to you okay, next time you're training. Cowboys doing the team talk. Obviously, his son had been in the hospital, travelling, training, a couple of days. Team talk. I was like, Jimmy Max says later on, were you, did you fall asleep? I said, <laughs> I think just ever so slightly, but my first ever full-time professional gig and I've all, we were in a conservatory and it was absolutely melting. I know, forget. the one in the Inchure Hotel. Jim McAnally will never let me forget that. Anyway. <laughs> but it's hard to fall asleep with a John McCormick team talk because he's seen off his nut as well. well he, ah, you he picked your great. managers, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. I loved it at Dundee, I must say. And to this day, I always insist they took the gamble on me full-time, Peter and Jimmy, whatever they paid, um, they got it back, but um, full-time working with Billy McDonald, and, <coughs> eh, Billy Thompson, sorry, was a breath of fresh air. Probably took my body a month to get used to it, into the full-time training, training every day, but did really well that season with Dundee, uh, and we won the league. Is Billy Thompson a top goalie coach? Brilliant, absolute brilliant. Nature. What Listen, makes a good goalie coach? If Billy Thompson can coach... Jamie Langfield and Derek Souter <laughs> to reasonable levels. He's a top, top goalie coach and myself. How he had the patience of a saint because they two used to wind the life out. What, just wind them up all the time? But he was brilliant. Billy was so laid back, but great coach. See, uh, Langfield and Souter, obviously characters, but see when you're off fighting for that number one spot, is it hard to stay pally with each other? I think goalies have got a unique bond. I, I saw you'd ask us that question. I think even at Celtic, there, wasn't any, there was Gouldy and myself, Magnus... Um, Dimitri Karin had been there Stuart Kerr um, Javi Sanchez Broto but I think when you work together so closely it's a different you know you know it's only one place and to me I would never want a fellow goalie to go in and make a mistake because to me that's that's more unprofessional than that you want to be better than them you want to try and do better but it's just that final line mm -hmm. see uh, would the goalie coach be like a manager for a player no is he more on your side is he I think the goalie coach is more than you. There's no hiding places you find well know. When a goalie makes a mistake, it's a goal. Mm -hmm. You let the ball under your foot, it's a throw in. Yeah. Uh, there's no hiding place. Probably a counsellor and a goalie coach it is nowadays. <laughs> right. Won the first division title in 1998. Was that surreal? Obviously, nearly two years ago, you're playing against amateur players, now playing against guys at Larson, Alberts. Did you actually like need to pinch yourself sometimes? I, th I think in the first division we got Rangers in the Scottish Cup. I think that's when I realised, you know, the step up. We drew 0-0 at Ibrox, did really well. They beat us at Dens, but obviously it was about the club generating money. We were on Sky a couple of times, but it's a great experience, you know. You're thinking, coming from the second team in the Lanarkshire League with Simon and Tinto to get into the SPL, it's, it's great to say to people it's possible. You know, I went full-time at 25, so that... Every, everything's possible. Do you think it's still possible for me to go back full time? No uh, nah, forget that. <laughs> <laughs> what about outside the goalies? Who else were there? Who were good guys in that Dundee dressing room? We had a great squad. We had uh, Darius Adamchuk, um, Jim McAnally, James Grady, Eddie Anand, Dave Rogers, a scouser who was a legend, um, Big Brian Irvin who kicked in and sight. Robert Gary Irvin's uncle, on it? Yes, uh -huh. uh, Big Brian. Um, great sign. I think what Cowboy did then was went right through the middle of my team, the team. Myself, Brian, Jimmy, 
James and Eddie, and then he, he filled in the rest, and that was a that squad was a great squad uh-huh. for Dundee. Uh, did you always feel when you were at Dundee that you could play higher? I know it was a big jump that you'd already had, but I, I never thought that way. I was really enjoying it. My first game, uh, we won three 0 My debut at Dens, we won the pre-match. We beat Falkirk three 0 I had a great save, but I came and missed a cross, and my missus uh, said that I was shite. <laughs> I wasn't married then to her, but she. She wasn't too impressed with the new goalkeeping signing, but it just shows you. It oh, well, so she was a Dundee fan? She was a Dundee fan. I heard, heard Before dad you met was, her? Aye, so, um, that was her opinion on us before we'd even met. So. <laughs> see, see, going into a team like Dundee, were the players a lot more harsh with than they were at, say, at the amateur side? I think they took to me because I probably come in, worked hard and done well for them. You, know, you could see that. Uh, I, I think it could, it could have went either way. You know, they might have went, oh, he's not good enough or he is, you know. It's a step up from part-time, but um, I came in and got a good run of clean sheets and done well. And you done well because Rangers, there was an interest for Rangers. How close did that come? I never spoke to Rangers directly. They'd got in touch with Peter Marr, and it was 8.50, I think, for me. And I was told I'd play six games. Kloss would be injured for six games. I was told I'd play six games, and then I'd be back on the bench. Hodgie was obviously the national coach who had had conversations with being in some of the squads, you know, like the bees and that. He was keen to work with. But I think for me, my principle was I just wanted to play. You know, I'd been used to playing at Livingston and Dundee and Blair went back to David Murray and David Murray's words were, worst case scenario, Paul Ritchie, I think. Paul Ritchie played one game and was out the door, wasn't he? Uh-huh. Um, David Murray's, any unhappy player at Rangers can F off. So I was a model fan, so it didn't bother me either way. And then Celtic, uh, Celtic got in touch, uh, I think it was 1.2 or 1.3, went and met Martin O'Neill, never met MD from Rangers, um, went and met Martin O'Neill and John Robertson, we're moving ashtrays about, about formations and stuff like that, you know, what, <laughs> you know how, you know how <laughs> well, fully Robert's doubt, you know how enthusiastic Martin O'Neill is, and you weren't guaranteed anything there, he says it's a fight between you and Gouldy, I want you to come, um, I said to Blair, I would like to go to Celtic. Blair says, Robert, I'll double my money if you go to Rangers. He says, but I'd advise you to go to Celtic. Brilliant. You know? Would you have fancied yourself to play ahead of Klaus? Would you have backed yourself back then? Was he sensational? I just wanted to play. Didn't matter to me, as I say. I you supported Gildy, Murrell. And you thought Gildy was rubbish? I'd, no, <laughs> I didn't think Gildy was rubbish. Gildy done very well at Celtic. Gildy came up as an unknown and done very well for himself at Celtic. Keep in touch with him. Great guy. Great goalkeeper. And... You know, great memories with Gildy. Lots of good memories with Gildy. But see that with your agent, that, that's brilliant for him, isn't it? Because no lot of agents would have done that. Well, you know most agents. Most agents would shovel you into wherever he's getting the most money. Yeah. And to me, that's... I always tell that story about Blair because Blair's one of the best in the business for that. And, you know, you appreciate his advice as well, but it was uh, onwards to Celtic. What was, what was Martin really like the first time you met him? It, I think you could see... The keenness, you know, he was wanting to build, build the, the squad. Dimitri was there and Stuart Kerr, and he just basically says, "It's a fight. If you want to play, you know, you'll you'll get your chance. It's down to you." Where basically Rangers, I was told I would be in the bench, right? Which wasn't really for me after being at Dundee for a couple of years and playing so many games. I think Saturday's about playing. Of course, you know, is. you want to go, whatever level. You know? mm. uh, but see, at that time, Dundee were starting to spend big money. Obviously, Benetti came in, Kanija. Was there no wee temptation to stay and see how that, that played out? No. 
<laughs> Why not? I think he shoved me at the door to get the money out. I loved it. I loved it. As I always say, um, they paid sixty grand for us plus the player. It was a hundred grand deal. I came from nothing. I was as a I was a brickie and a fireman. I get the chance of full time football. And I'm always grateful to Dundee, Peter and Jimmy Marr and John McCormick. Um, I could have went Bosman and I re-signed again because I thought it was due Dundee a turn. Really? Uh, so I re-signed and Dundee obviously got a, a good deal in the Celtic deal. I got a wee bit myself, but it was, I just thought... How much did you get? No, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just, I'm quite principle driven when it comes to things like that, That's you great. know, and I, I, I'm led, I would like to think, I had a great rapport with the Dundee fans, and that's never changed for some reason. So mm-hmm. um, it's worked well. You're a legend there. Uh, big fish in the Dundee dressing room. How were the nerves going into that big Celtic dressing room for the first day? It's done. It's, uh, it is. I don't care what you say. You know, it's like a new day at school. Whatever club you go to, you know, you go to Leicester pre-season for your first day. It's like a new day at school. You're like the wee. But sat next to Chris Sutton, who I never ever thought I'd keep in touch with, and I, I actually. And when Sutty texts me now, I just have a, a laugh to myself, piss myself laughing, because the first day I think he cut my socks up, you know, but that's Sutty. Uh, big child. Uh-huh. No, great dressing room, huge big characters, and it is, uh, you, you probably take a wee while to settle in. Did any of them come up and help you? Did any of them come up with a word with you just when you've signed? They, saying... make, you, they make you feel welcome, there's no doubt about it. I, I think your big connection there is any of the boys you've been in the Scotland squads with, etc. Gouldy was great, you know, I must say. And Gildy and I have spoke, you know, you're vying for the same position. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a hard one. You, you end up rooming together, you go for coffees and, you know, it's you or him that might be playing. Uh, you made your debut 4-1 against St Johnston. Uh, were you happy how you done, despite the conceding the goal? Done fine, done fine apart from conceding the goal, you know. Um, Celtic, that was a, a team that could score, you know, 4-5 every week nearly. Uh, it was a really good team, but... I think you've got to pinch yourself then when you realise how far you've came. You know, some people will say you're good enough, some will say you're no good enough. But I played 160 odd times for Celtic. I gave it my best, and I would rather have played 160 than been some of the boys around the time that I was there that maybe played 18 or a couple of games and out the door. You know, yeah. some it works for some, it works for others. Is it see when you're playing for go for Dundee, but it saves all the time to Celtic, and you've got missed the ball. Is it is it just about concent- massive or? concentration, massive? Is that a every, everything's, then, everything's magnified. I think I was always vocal. I think probably tried to be more vocal at Celtic to stay involved with the, the game. But it's it's a big ask, you know. Any mistake, I flogged two and a half out of three in an old firm game, and it was magnified a hundredfold. You know, the sports psychologist who I've never even met analysing me, things like that. You know, it's magnified so much, and you see the old firm games nowadays. There's cameras everywhere. You know, it's. Is that hard to deal with? See, when you're getting that pressure on you all the time, every mistake's magnificent. Is it, is it tough? It's no easy. It's no easy. You know, there's no hiding place but a goalie, as I always say. You know, the person that you show me a goalie that's no made a mistake, and I'll, I'll, it must be the finished article. There's, even the boys, the top ones in the Premiership at the moment, are making mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's such a fine line. Is that where a good goalie coach comes into play as well? Yeah. Because Terry Genoa was there at the time. Terry was great. Terry was great. You know, we'd go back over things in video uh, to look at, you know, maybe starting positions or things what you, on the build up, you could maybe done move position. But Terry was great then and, you know, a gentleman, keep in touch with him. Uh-huh. Uh, did you feel your life change, obviously, with it coming from a small town, a Dundee, uh, Glasgow, Glasgow? Of course. It, it changes completely. Changes completely. You know, being a Muddle fan, as a kid, I'd went to one Rangers game and I'd went to one Celtic game and, and then I went to Muddle and I used to go and watch Muddle home and away. So 
wasn't used to supporting either, you know. Um, but your life changes when you're in the, the goldfish bowl, as you call it, in Glasgow. See, when you first went to that Celtic team, who were the ones that, that in training particularly stood out for you, players-wise? Lubo was unbelievable. Oh, I would boy, love yeah. to see a young Lubo, what worth he would be in the Premiership, both feet. Henrik was exceptional, you know. Um, Straight away he was exceptional, as soon yeah, as you went in yeah. the hair. And the, the games and that, his movement, his finishing, in the air, just his attitude to train and full stop, you know. Yeah. But, I mean... Some of your young kids used to get put in as well, you know, and you could see the quality there as well. Uh-huh. But they were ruthless, weren't they? They players like Lenny. Because I remember Eddie McGeady first came up, and you know he was the most talented of us. And Lenny's shouting, "He's not good enough." Getting back to the youth team, and you well, McGeady was put in Fozzie, Maloney, uh, McGlinchey. Yeah. And the first team, but it didn't matter who they were getting booted up and down the place because if you were an opposition team and it was a game, it, it was a will to win. Uh-huh. Did you enjoy Martin O'Neill's training? Was it? There wasn't much tactics well, involved, was it? It was Wally did all the training. It was great. Uh-huh. Wally did all the training, you know. And then the boys used to ask for shooting. Wally just used to tell them to fuck off. <laughs> and then Terry would do the shooting at the end. You know, it was unbelievable. But you played so many games in the season between all the cups. If you're playing qualifiers, if you Scottish Cup, League Cup, testimonial games, etc. You're internationals. You're playing so many games. You were only topping up your fitness yeah, but are you, are you surprised that team done so? Because I've never seen you doing tactics or shape or, or anything like that. Are you surprised at how well you've done? Or was no, it just top players? It was just a, it was a great team. It was a great team. Uh, I think everybody can knew their role to a certain degree. Uh-huh. And uh, obviously, as I said, big characters as well. Was there plenty of nights out? Would you go? Uh, would you socialise together? It was the old um, five past six kickoffs, if you remember, on Sky. So it was. Uh, Straight out after the game on the Sunday. Which was that? <laughs> it was a few, yeah. It was... Who'd be the usual ones that'd be it? I think it was near Tomo, Sutty, um, Johan, Tommy Johnson, Gildy. It was a, it was a great squad, you know. Um, was it, was Tommy Johnson not a bit of a madman? Tommy was a madman now. What, just being the pillar? Aye, Tommy was a live wire. He just couldn't stand still. Uh-huh. Um, Sutty, as you said, mentioned you sat next to him. Uh, was there no story about him and Tomo and Donegal? Yes. We'd been, it was Jackie McNamara's testimonial dinner and golf day. So we'd played on a Saturday, I think we beat Aberdeen 5-0, flew over, pipe band or brass band piped us into the hotel, night at the disco, golf the next day. Bally lifting golf course for Donegal, must be 30-40 minutes, it was a camel ride, so it was a taxi out, me, Tom and Sutton, and the driver had the heaters up, full pelt, threes are hung over like that, mate. Windiest roads, mate, go and turn the heat and down to the windies. So, we've golfed, it was torrential, torrential rain. I think my team, I was playing with the, the hotel team, and we walked in after nine, it was so wet, right? You should have got a medal for going out in it, to be <laughs> honest. So, Dougie, the, the parts of the Hamilton bus was over, Dougie, the bus driver, was sitting waiting. Us. So, me, Tomo, Sutty, I'm going to say Tim or Roddy, one of the security boys, and I think... Jamie Church. There was an R1 for Celtic there. Halfway home to Donegal, we stopped at this pub. Country pub in the middle of nowhere. Three guys in playing pool at the bar. Sutty, Tom and myself. I'm sure Roddy the doc was there. Roddy, Tim, and I think Jamie Church. Right. So three boys clock on. It was the day Bellamy was texting Shearer allegedly. Uh-huh. That day, the very same day. So we're in the pub. Tom puts a chap up at pool. Tom was very good at pool, as you used to see in the green room. Yeah. So Tom was beating these three boys, beating them time and time again. Next minute, there's more guys come in the pub, more guys come in the pub, more. 
an hour later, there's probably 75 to 100 guys, and obviously Jungle Drums, that some of the Celtic boys are out. There's this old boy behind the bar, and there's trophies behind the bar. These guys invited us to a game of darts, doubles. So me and Sutty are playing these two boys at doubles, darts. He says to the barman, big man, we're playing for that trophy. And it was a Sean, <laughs> never forget it. It was a Sean something memorial trophy. And the night of the dinner, we won at darts, me and Sutty, the right. night of the dinner, I've walked out with the trophy under arm. <laughs> the night of the dinner, you've got the Scottish Cup, the SPL League Cup and the Sean something memorial trophy sitting in between the two of them. We took, we took it back to Celtic Park a lot. <laughs> but we says to the boy, he says, he says, if you leave that bus there, he's going to do what he's want in here. But it was absolute, what a day. Amazing. Wild. You know, just big roaring log fire, pool table and dark table. The three is with a couple of the guys running about Celtic and the big parts of Hamilton bus outside. Amazing. Would Martin O'Neill encourage that, you going out together and, and having a drink? I think he liked everybody being together. As long as you didn't push, you know, push the boundaries too far. Yeah. He, he was big in the team spirit. Is that probably one of the reasons why that team done so well? I the think team so. Spirit? I think uh, so, Because uh, you won the treble in your first season. Yes. How, how good was that first season at Celtic uh, treble? I was cup-tied. I didn't play in the uh, CIS Cup, but, I mean, to, to get your treble in your first season was amazing. You know, big Jim Leishman always used to say to the players, and it's still the same. You're there in the history books. Nobody can take it away from you. Folk will say, oh, you're murder or that. But you're there in the history books or you've achieved something. You know, that was a team. You look at what Brendan Rodgers' teams have achieved, what Lenny can hopefully achieve as well. So it's unbelievable. Uh, you said, mentioned Martin O'Neill as well. What was he like with goalies? Was he quite, was he quite harsh on goalies? Wasn't he a fan? <laughs> Definitely wasn't he a fan. <laughs> there was one story for some reason. I'm a, it must have been one of the last year or second last year. I was obviously in and out of the team. Um, I played the majority but I was linked to a club down south and had a great penalty save against Muddle um, it was actually that good a penalty save Sutty gave us a cuddle <laughs> and uh, we, got whole, we went back to the stadium we won Johan gave a penalty away we won at Firth Park and we went in and Martin O'Neill phoned Blair and absolutely slaughtered Blair about this story in the paper uh, it obviously he thought it came from Blair but he absolutely had a right quote Blair but he wasn't a keen he used to say, Gouldie, you give me heebie-jeebies, son. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, no, he was, he could give you it. He could give you it, you know. Um, What's the worst you've seen him? I think I gave Bobo, I gave Bobo a ball one time. Now, Bobo had, was side on at Partick and the gaffer says, Rob, Rob, what you doing? And so I answered him back. I didn't play next week. Honestly, I didn't play next week. Was he ruthless? Uh, I, I, you respect him. You know, you scared him a wee bit, then? No, you respected him. I think everybody respected him. Um, but there was one thing, you never crossed him. You would never cross him. You know, I remember him and Johnny having words at a semi-final as well. You Johnny Gould? Johnny Hartson. Hartson, right. Because uh, uh, I think he subbed Johnny. But I think uh, Johnny's lack of uh, movement was, <laughs> was an issue. But he wasn't, a, he wasn't a great fan in goalies. But then was there the opposite side where he could make you feel a million... One of the games, I think Bellamy got the hat-trick at Tannadice. I had a great save late on, and he's up cuddling us, you know. He, he would fight your corner, he would fight your corner at MD, you know. But yeah. he, he was, a, I was, I don't think he was a goalie fan. Uh, obviously, Martin O'Neill was a massive influence, but his assistant manager, John Robertson, absolute character as well, wasn't he? Legend. We were playing Dundee Parkhead, and the ball goes out just in front of the... Dundee dug out. So Rob was arguing with the gruff for, hey, hey, that's our ball, that's our ball. Dario Benetti, Puma trainers, fold over tongue, pimpled sole, burgundy drain pipe cords and a parka jacket. 
right? <laughs> that so sounds like me at the weekend. Dario, Dario's arguing with Robbo, and Dario goes, hey, fatty, what have you ever won? <laughs> John Robertson always called me goalie. He goes, hey, goalie, go and tell that big biddy how heavy that European Cup is to lift twice. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, what a man. See, obviously with that team as well, because I remember training with how ruthless they were. See, if you made a mistake, would there be two or three of them, certain ones that would just be on you all the time? Lenny, Petrov. Uh, Petrov was one of the worst. <laughs> and he's still your good mate. I, I, I think I'd pet, Petrov and I had each other with throat in our la my last game in 2005 in the cup final. He said I should something do with a cross ball, but it, it's the the winning mentality is instilled. You it know, was crazy in that uh, the winning mentality, wasn't it? The best one ever, you'll have heard it about three or four times now, the one with Bobo in the dressing room when Lenny came in and had a goat Bobo. We've only heard it briefly, no fully. Lenny comes in as a goat Bobo. Magnus actually played that day, he must have fancied it. Magnus played that must day. Must have fancied it. <laughs> I was in the bench. Lenny came in and the goat Bobo, he cost a goal. And then Stan came in. But Stan wouldn't let it lie. And Bobo says, Stan, shut the fuck up. Stan had an argo. Well, next minute Bobo got up. Tom would jump in his locker. There was Jim Henry. Who was a big boy. Big unit. Uh -huh. Magnus, unit. Myself. Terry Geno. John Robertson tried to get involved. He gets swatted over the treatment table by Big Bobo. He did a commander roll off the other side of the treatment table. <laughs> Could you stop Bobo? I think if you had to, but... All you wanted Bobo, them to get this done? All Bobo did... Well, <laughs> you should have, that would have been good value. But uh, I think I think Stan's shorts were needing replaced that day. Uh, you mentioned him briefly, just Larson, just a wee bit about him. Obviously, you'd have been in goals of shooting practice and stuff like that. Was he finishing unreal? He was unreal. I, Is it me, better than Momo Sillas? I think so. <laughs> I, think, I think the thing with, with Henrik was a lot of his goals were headers. His movement for the size of him and his height he could climb in there was unbelievable, you know, but he had everything. Free kicks, penalties, headers, you know, he'd round the goalie, he'd chips, he, he had everything. Mm -hmm. He had absolutely... And you go from Celtic, Man U, Barcelona, that tells you. Mm -hmm. Was there times that you were in awe of that? Not being a goalie because you hate losing goals. goals yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would, he, would he have been the best finisher though in, in shooting and stuff like that? Who else would have been up there? Hartson? Petrov was a good... Petrov had power. Petrov's power was unbelievable. Right. You know, he was he was wanted to improve. He would do shooting every single day if, if Wally would let him. You know, Petrov was a really good finisher. Right. Who else would be in amongst that, that, that group of wanted to shooting all the time? Sutty would do it for a couple of minutes. Sutty good, good finisher? So he always could he had a good place. He had a good, Tomo was a great it. finisher. Left foot, uh -huh. Tomo had a wand. Um, yeah. What was he? He'd always shout Keegan and Beardsley, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, we're going to talk about Europe. The club beat Ajax to qualify for the Champions League for the first time. How good was your first experience at uh, European night at Celtic Park? I think to me, any night, any European night at Celtic Park. If people have never been, they've got to go and get the atmosphere. It's sensational. I think it's actually improving since the time we were there, you know, with the Green Brigade, etc. Um, the, the disco lights and all that jazz. You'd have been but, dancing at them, wouldn't you? <laughs> you see me dance. <laughs> but it, it's, it's one of these things where we're probably the underdogs, you know, and uh, to go and qualify was unbelievable. Do you, do you get nervous before games, right? I used to. I used to always have... I think it's a certain degree of nerves was a good thing. But, I mean... Probably seven years ago, you're playing in a, an amateur part on a Saturday in the second team Dog in Lancashire. You know, and then you're going for a Champions League qualifier. And I did 
relatively well, so it was great. Ask everyone to see when that Champions League mu- music's playing. Could you walk off? Are, are oh, you that, that's a, you, that's that's the best ever. It is, it is. Well, know. as an exciting word, do you actually hit yourself? I, I don't know. I, I don't. I enjoyed the Champions League music. That was that was a buzz. Uh-huh. That was the thrill. You know, you, I think then it sinks in that you've achieved something. Uh-huh. You've done it. Uh, controversial first game against Juventus. How furious were you when they got that penalty? It was only a matter of time. I think they'd have played in our six minutes if they could have, you know, to, till they got something. That's soft as. Was it? Did you feel like you didn't get a lot of decisions because maybe not as big a teams as, as other Probably teams? Probably in, in, in that level, yes. Uh-huh. And would Martin O'Neill say that before games that the ref's not going to be on your side? I and... think you've got, to, you've got to fully expect that. I think especially after the Juventus, it's a quick learning curve. Uh-huh. And would you let them know that in the tunnel that they're putting the Juventus playing? You just, well, you're, you're spewing. You're absolutely spewing, you know, because to go over there... I think that year we could have caught teams have qualified with less points, you know. So it yeah. was it was a big kick in the nuts, that one. See, with the players, he's always confident playing against big teams like Juventus. You always think you could beat them. I think you saw Celtic's record, a record at home and away. Away wasn't as good, obviously, but you, you certainly feared no one. Because uh-huh. see, now it's you see sometimes I feel when you see Celtic in the Champions League, sometimes they're playing for draws or just not to get beat. But I don't think was your case nah, always just to win the game? I think that that squad and team. I don't think Martin Neal would let you try and play for a draw. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, talk about your standout game in, in Europe. Uh, 1-0 defeat to Valencia in the UEFA Cup. Best ever performance for Celtic? Probably best performance, but it's still a kick in the nuts again because we get beat. Um, it was one of those days where you come, make a good save, come and get across, and it was a great stadium. I always remember it was Mastaya. up in the God's eye. And um, I think Bobo and I did really well. As a back four, five, we defended well. You know, we did well. It's actually disappointing when I saw it, when you see the goal back because I didn't see it too late and get a hand to it. But they'd obviously they'd obviously been working in on their free kicks. Um, but great performance, you know. And as you say, to probably not get a clean sheet or get a win over there for you know when you think you've done so well is a sore one. Uh-huh. See for a goalie. See the performances like that just happen sometimes. Whereas yeah, yeah, uh- same. Um, probably I played in the hundredth derby at Tannadice. 
hadn't played for a couple of weeks, had been injured with my thigh, came back in and a Billy Dodds squiggler went through my legs and I still saved it in the line, etc. You make a great save late on. Sometimes you maybe get a good save early doors and you're off and running and you know you know it's going to be one it's of the nights. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you saved two pens in the second leg shootout as well. You're just hopeful that's enough. Who was it? Who, who were the two penalty takers? Do you remember? No, no. I'd be a liar. Uh, you you enjoy, did you enjoy penalty shoots? I was actually, I was actually quite good at penalties. Believe it or not, that was probably my speciality. Um, I saved a Figo penalty with Scotland as well. So did uh, you? Brilliant. Would you so, practice penalties? No, no. I, I was always, always used to try and work out myself. Had my own wee thing, and I learned a thing off Canizares about walking out and closing down the size of the goal before a penalty taker takes it. Right, so walk out and then back onto your yep. line. And then when you're standing there, the goal looks a lot smaller. But um, try to read players' run-ups and that. It's a bit. It's changed a bit now, the way they whip the ball, etc. But um, I was actually quite good at penalties. and I saved two, but I think I think actually Henrik missed. Uh-huh. And Jos, Jos missed twice. What was Jos doing hitting that penalty? Jos is still trying to take that penalty. <laughs> well, he's brogues on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, See if he's got through that Valencia tie. Do you think you could have went far in the competition that year? Because as you say, some big results that season. Big results, but listen, Valencia is one of the the footballing big big guns. Big, big guns is the odds are probably against us, you know, even at home that night. But we we certainly gave them a fright that night. Did you feel like the big teams respected you as players in a team? I think they knew when, especially when they came to Celtic, that they were in for a night and a game. Uh, would you would you would you swap jerseys as a goalie? I've got a few, yeah. I've got a few. Who for the European European yeah, one? Yeah, I've got um, Canizares, Buffon, Dudek, wow. Brad Friedel. No um, buy there. I wouldn't swap with Bayer. Because after the would you not know no. swap them there? No. Did he ask you swap? No, no, you're we'll come to the final in a minute, but right. did you? Did you? Did you? No, s- no, no. I never even spoke to him. Right. Okay. We'll come to that. Okay. Right. But uh, summer two thousand and two, <laughs> Swedish international Magnus Hedman signs. What's your thoughts when you're playing in the team? I think he came for quite a quite a bit of money. Are you worried? Oh, you you listen. You're never guaranteed to play. I don't think any. I don't think Martin Mill would tell any player they're guaranteed to play. I might be wrong. Would he tell you he was signing a goalie? Uh, I think you're always aware that you're needing another goalie. You know whether Stuart Kerr had left or that. It's it's kind of obviously to add to the squad. Magnus comes in. You think well, he signed him, so he'll play. You know, but. Uh, it gives you, probably gives you another wee boost to go and work harder again, an incentive. And I don't know how many games Magnus's career was at Celtic, but I think I would safely say I played more than him. But yeah. that's, you know, some some moves work for you, some don't, and it probably worked less for Magnus. Why do you think it never worked out him? Because technically he was quite a good goalie, was he not? I'd never seen him do. Him and Gouldy, the first couple of sessions were absolutely smashing the ball at each other. I'd never seen him do serve a ball as hard as Magnus in my life. Like hands up and it's in the net. You know you could hear the the ripple off the net, mm-hmm. and um, I thought well, he great feet as well. He, he had all the attributes because obviously you've seen him playing with Sweden. It's, it's a strange one that it never worked for Magnus, but sometimes that happens. Uh-huh. Maybe just the pressure because it's Coventry City. Was it before? Maybe not a bigger club coming to say like and the pressures on you. Maybe time. maybe more pressure. Maybe he loved he his uh, loved his karate, didn't he? Remember it? Yes, he great feet. Always remember he used to do two touching. And the quick feet with Big Terry, it was absolutely sensational. Uh-huh. Do you do you get a do you get a sense straight away how a goal is going to be? See when you're up against them. So within a couple of weeks, can you tell straight away if you're better than I, I, than a headman? It's hard to see because you see boys. I've seen guys who are rubbish in training, go into games and do great, and you see guys that don't train but 
you know, the reverse. Um, I just couldn't work Magnus out. He was, you know... Strange character, wasn't he? Uh-huh. But obviously Magnus came with a profile, etc. A goalie and a teammate, he's a lovely guy. You know, yeah. and I wouldn't wish him... If he went in and placing me, I wouldn't want him to make a mistake because... I'd been there and made the mistake, and being a goalie, it's the loneliest place when you make a mistake, you know? Yeah, we all know what the best thing about Magnus was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, road to Seville, managed to keep your place. That must have been the best season of your career. Yeah. yeah. See, before the start of the season, was was Europe a big aim for Martin O'Neill? Would you have said that? No, I, I think we went out to battle that year. Did we know in the Champions League qualifiers? Like, yeah. late on, and over there, we missed a really good chance. I don't know if you can remember that Gafford was down... I'm sure Bal put us out that year. I might be wrong, but I'm certain Bal put us out and then it was the UEFA Cup we went into. And we just kicked on. I mean, that's squad. How, how, uh, how soon into the competition could you, could you tell that he's maybe had a wee chance? I always remember the Stuttgart game and over there, I think we went up ahead really early, a couple of goals up. So we were like 4-1 four, four or 4-2 four, up and then we lost a couple rapid. And... We kicked off and Lenny passed it back about 45 yards from kickoff, <laughs> from conceding a goal. Lenny passed it back 45 and I probably kicked it about 45 and a half back to him. <laughs> I was going mental at him. But just kind of... I think if that game had went on another couple of minutes, did the boy Hleb at the time... Hleb, a good player. Great player. player. Um, at that time, if it went on another couple of minutes, I think we could have we struggled that night. But that was probably all about our team. Just getting on with it. Uh-huh. Uh, quite a lot of the boys that we spoke to for that era said about Martin O'Neill's team talks in Europe. Can, can you remember much of that? I think he just used to make you feel so confident, you know, and believe in yourselves and your teammates. And obviously, everybody goes on about the Liverpool one. For me, being a Liverpool fan... Oh, were you right? I was a Liverpool fan. Douglas was my hero. King Kenny growing up. Um, and getting a clean sheet at Anfield was perfection. I'll never forget Big Johnny's goal. Burst the netting, or rifled the netting. I've turned around to the cop and put the hands up and I'm looking at one Celtic fan with the green and white hoops on and we've, we've made eye contact. He's in the cop no and I'm way. expecting him to get flung about. <laughs> I mean, they were everywhere. They were everywhere. The road the road to Seville, you know, fans were in the way ends and that, but it was great. How nerve-wracking was the second tie in Boa Vista? Clean sheet and you're through and Henrik scores late on, wasn't it? Okay. So, uh, we were underdogs probably nearly every tie we played, you know. Um, so... To, to get that, for the final whistle to go with the relief um, was sensational, you know. You realise that you've achieved, or you'd half achieved, you know. Is that the best final whistle you've ever heard, that when that Boavista one went? Probably self-satisfaction, yes. Um, being a Liverpool fan, getting a clean sheet down there was, was amazing was as well. There? But Boavista, I think the relief, and obviously for the fans, the journey, I think it was 20-odd, more than 20 games we played. Uh-huh. So, see a dressing room when you're you've won the semi final, you're in the dressing room, you're going to your UEFA Cup final. Big players like the Sutton's lap. Would, would it be jumping up and dinner? Was it quite calm and composed? No, oh, I think that night was a that night was a great atmosphere. It was. Um, I think everybody was quite excited about it. It's so. I mean, it's 2003. You're talking 16 years ago now. Believe it or not. Uh-huh. I know you didn't. It's just because you're your, your looks, mate. You didn't. You didn't realise how long ago it was. But we'd, uh, we'd, 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 Big Sutton was obviously one. But he will always take all the credit after big games. I've got you there again and, and uh, stuff like that. Sutton used to hammer Clarkey. Sutton used to. Uh, Clarkey obviously was a European Cup winner, so Sutton used to tell him about the Blazers and that. <laughs> oh, what a man! Uh, you had some Warriors playing in front of you. 
uh, as you mentioned, Bobo, Johan, Jos. Who'd, who'd have been your favourite to play to play behind? My favourite always was Johan. Right. Always. Johan just had... Bobo played in the reputation, which was great. Well, a big daddy get me sent off against Barcelona, <laughs> didn't he? Um, everybody laughs, it's great, oh, Bobo's going to get you. But then the day I missed it playing in Barcelona and it launched Marshy. And I'm, I'm delighted for Marshy because he's a great guy, he's a great career, he deserved it. But Johan was a steady Eddie. Johan was a silent assassin. He just went about his business where Bobo played. I mean, when you used to hear the hoofs coming with Bobo, they big six-inch studs, the big rugby studs. He's even been training, not he? I've he? never seen a guy take as much care with his boots. Yeah. So personal, the laces, studs, clean them, Vaseline around the heels, tape, <laughs> rugby studs right across the six of them. Oh, when you used to hear the hoofs coming. But listen, he did... He did what he was asked. Martin Neal only wanted his centre half to head it and clear it. Yeah. See, when you're playing behind a bobo, do you always is there always that thing that he could make a mistake here? Yeah. It's the same in any position though. You know, yeah. Sutty or Henrik make a mistake, they can get away with it to a certain degree. You make a mistake out in the wing or that, it's a throw in. Yeah. Bobo makes a mistake, he's got the goalie maybe to bail him out. The goalie makes a mistake, it's a goal. That, that's the nature of the beast, I'm afraid. Yeah. Would Johan be one that we're always in communication with? Would he be the one that would marshal that? Johan's defense? English was great in that. I just I think Johan was comfier with the ball than Bobo. Um was a silent assassin. Johan played right back, centre back, could go into midfield. That was how good Johan was, mm-hmm. you know. And um, when Bobo player, just drove with the ball, he just everybody got out of the road. <laughs> uh, right, European Cup final. Walking out. To the European Cup final was there thoughts uh, amateur bricklayer firefighter does all that come into your head when you're walking out to play or is it just totally focused on the game I think it's totally focused I think when you walk out and you see the trophy it's you know you realise how far you've came but um, to go out and see the support was amazing you know did you get to see much of the support I don't think you take it in I don't think you take it in you're so absorbed in trying to focus for the game mm-hmm. in all honesty See, the night before a UEFA Cup final, what would you do? I think we maybe did video analysis, I'd be a liar. Um, we definitely did a, a night on Porto, I'm sure. I think you're, you're focusing on just how close you are, you know. And I think we just fell short. You've got to remember all for Porto's theatrics and that. They went on to win the Champions League the year after. They weren't a bad team. Deco and we stuff just, like that, uh, we, Hendrick was outstanding. Um, we'll all take our criticisms. Bobo and I get it. Um, probably as a team, we just fell short. And speaking to a few of the boys, a couple have said they didn't perform either. Probably made a couple of saves before half time myself, where they could have went two or three up. Um, you that look, gets forgotten about, doesn't of it? Which is annoying thing as a goalie, huh? That's part and parcel of being a goalie. You know, that's your job, try and keep it in the net. The one that the third goal it bounces up the turf. The pitch had been laid two days before we trained in it. Um, bounces up, hits my knee, and breaks out. Probably, if Bobo was in the pitch, I wouldn't even have been out there and went for it in the first place. But that's the difference. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between eleven men and ten men. Yeah, the decisions you, know, you need to make. I huh? take I take the criticism. It's, it's it's broke out for me. We're down to ten men. We're chasing the game after that. Henrik's two headers were sensational. We just fell short, in my opinion. But that's. Is that the hardest it's been? Criticism to me, that's to the take? hardest it's been. Um, I think you look clean sheet Blackburn away, clean sheet Liverpool away, clean sheet Boavista. Nobody complains about you then. Nobody would they say, oh, would they win it if Boric or Foster or Brotto played or Edmund? You know, they were all happy. It's one of these galling moments that it just breaks up. 
bounces up, hits my knee and pops it to the right to the boy. And I get a nick in it and it takes it away from Ulrich in the line. Yeah, it's hardly, it's hardly like a curious against... No, no, but it's still, you're involved in it and that's that's the hardest part. As I say, probably if Bobo was in the park, Bobo would have covered that and I'd, I'd have stayed in the lane because Bobo would have been with the runner. Yeah, so he's killed you again, Bobo. <laughs> uh, see, with the Porto antics, did you know that they would do that before the game? Was it spoken about... The I, no, I, I think it just escalated during the game. I th- I, How frustrating was it? Oh, it's destroying you. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at them and you think, it's no... You win finals in style, that wasn't how, how you do it. But, listen, they, they get the cup, you know, and that's probably the hardest part. Uh, did all the boys kind of refuse to swap jerseys not after the I game? I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. But you yeah. didn't want to swap no, the Bayern? No, a... no, no. When you're rolling about in a cup final, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, yeah. it's... Hard to take. Um, was that group of players good at lifting each other as well after that game? Was would people go around and say lift each other straight away? That was a sore one. That was a sore one. That is that uh, the quietest you've probably seen that. Dressing? Yeah, yep. Yeah, that and the mother, mother one in the Sunday. Yeah, tough. Uh, was it tough to recover, or do you just need to get on with it again? Because when you're at a team like that, it's just another big game in the corner. It's always a big game. I think um, the next one, the commander game, I didn't play. Uh, Harvey played. Yeah. So, well, I, I, was, I was dropped. Um, he played Harvey. Uh, Tomo missed the penalty. And I think that was another... We, we could end ended up with four and we ended up with nil yeah. that season. See, see when that happened to you? When a goalie came in and study, would you be wanting to go and speak to the manager and ask why you weren't I think I, I think the gaffer and I spoke after it. It's on the day of the game, it's no right or anything like that. You, you let it, you know, so uh, we spoke after it. Um, and you got to respect him. He's he's there. He's well paid to make the decisions, you know. So uh-huh. right, okay. Uh, back in the team, played against Barca in the UEFA Cup, the tunnel. What happened? Jackie McNamara actually told us you were trying to calm things down. I was, I was to a certain degree. I went in and uh, Coco's like that, roaring and shouting. He's fucking crazy. <laughs> like Bobo's, <laughs> Bo- <laughs> Bobo's got about three of them up in the corner of the tunnel, and I went in and there's, I mean, there's. No see. It was more a melee. There wasn't any like straight punches getting thrown or that. Bobo's got about three of them swinging them about. And I'm sitting and uh, wee Jackie comes in as you find well know. Big grab your half. You know, I'm thinking I've got a clean sheet in the first half against Ronaldinho. Life's great. <laughs> I've just, I've just, big ball I've just helped just Bobo coming. there. I've just helped Bobo. And I've battered people. Uh, I'm the batter. Can I? I was. And then it sinks in that you're missing playing in the new camp, you know. And oh, you're, of course, uh-huh. that's the biggest kick in the balls for me. Did that did that sink in straight away? Did that hit you straight away? Probably when I'm sitting in there, when the boys are all the way back out. Marcy's had to go on. Marcy does great. He's a game of his life in Barcelona. Comes home, does well against Rangers. You know, love Marcy. Great boy, great goalkeeper, and was delighted he done so well because he was thrown in there, but he handled it brilliantly. You know, um, that's when you think. Bobo. What you doing? <laughs> you know, there's no much difference between the two. Is this there one's got a goalie top on? <laughs> Big white gloves. <laughs> you know, it's your teammates. Uh-huh. To this Stick day. For to this day. You'd have done the same. Exactly. Uh-huh. Is that hard to see when Marshy's going to play and you're not rightfully suspended? Wrongfully was the problem. Well, Celtic, right a- Celtic appealed it and it got, re- it got refused or rejected. Um, you're raging uh-huh. at her. You're so... You- <laughs> Probably the only chance 
oh, it would have been the only chance I would have got to play in the new camp. Maybe from a selfish point of view, Marcy was great, and I'm, I think we won one 0 that time. Big Johnny scored maybe, um, but it just shows you. Could you still help Marcy? Was it too hard? Was it too hard for you? No. Listen, I've always said to you, I wouldn't wish ill in any goalie that takes my place or that. I would always be there, advice, and try and encourage him and get him ready, mentally prepared. So you do that. Did you know that he, Marcy had the ability to go and have a game like that? He was a good goalie, wasn't he? Very good goalie. Very yeah. good goalie. Do you think, do you think Marcy would have, I know he's had a great career, but just, did you think Marcy could go to the top? I think he could have. I think, I don't know if he maybe left Celtic just too young. But I mean, he's a great career at Cardiff, and he, yeah, he's still playing played, the Premier you know, League and oh, stuff like that. Brilliant, brilliant. So after that season, we're going to two thousand four, two thousand and five. Seeing Marshy emerge, then well, was there a thing in your in your head that I'll need to compete with Marshy now for for the number one spot? I was never guaranteed anything in my life. Um, I always knew I was going to have to battle whoever it was, whether it was Magnus, Dimitri, Gulde, Stuart Kerr, um, and no, I don't think MD itself it was guaranteed their place. Seeing Marcy comes through probably makes, tries to, you know, you try and do that better and extra yourself. See, that upbringing that you had, do you think that helped you in battles to become number one? I would say so. I would say so. I was never handed anything. I had to work hard for whatever, you know, whether it was the second team I was last off the training pitch. But I think it instills that inner desire, maybe, is probably, which some are probably lacking now. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, you and Bellamy were the heroes, 3 2 in at Tanadice. Uh, great late save for Barry Robson, wasn't it? Yes, I always get pelters at Tanner Dice because uh-huh. I played with Dundee. Oh, pelters. Time to go. Pelters, but um, had a great save. Bellamy scores a hat-trick. Um, we were how, at, sorry, just before you tell that story, how good was Bellamy? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He had everything as well. Pace. But when he came up to us, he, he did very well for us. Uh, um, two great feet as well. Uh, uh-huh. Lightning. And what was it, his watch? We were at John Hartson's 30th, so Bellamy's sitting with this watch on. I liked Let's see your watch balance. He takes it off. Frank Muller. It would have been 20, 30 grand. Wow. No, no. See, Bellamy, that is absolute. So I had a look at it now. He says, big man, I've never won a thing in my life. If we win the league, that's yours. There's people sitting, I'm thinking. And then obviously, Muller beat us 2-1. Oh, no. It's the last thing I thought about on the Saturday night. No. Hey, the Sunday night was the watch. But, you know, you're sitting there in the dressing room. You've just got done in a helicopter Sunday and you're thinking, you're absolutely gutted. You want a medal more than anything, because yeah. the medals are, that's there for your kids or your grandkids or whatever. You pass them on to your family, whatever. You're there. And obviously we just, we get done. I think the second one just clips up off Bobo, isn't it? Scott McDonald as well. We'll come to that as well, but see, just up on Bellamy, I really, he used to come to the youth team games and watch, because he gets a bad rep. You th- was he a good guy? Good for the dressing room? I thought he was great. I thought he was great. Chirpy, wasn't he? But, uh, he was chirpy. He certainly wasn't lacking any confidence, you know. Uh, he didn't need to take confidence tablets, certainly. <laughs> and what was uh, the text to Shearer? It was the two two boys, wasn't it? I think it was... Uh, she- uh, Shearer was playing against Newcastle, uh, against Man U, and I think Bellamy was abusing him. I don't know. I, um, it was in the papers and all that, but he wasn't with us that Sunday. Sunday. He, he was out later on that night. He appeared later on. But did he did he enjoy a beer in that as well, Bellamy? Huh? Yeah, of course. Uh-huh, of course. Good uh, You're back for the running, as we say in the league, uh, the Motherwell game. See, going into the game, were you, were you confident with that team, the players that you had at the that game team, in D1? Yeah, you'd been over the course with them, you knew. You, or, everybody was trusted, you know. Uh, I think we missed a chance. Um, I'm going to say maybe Johnny or Bell missed a wee chance and they came up the park and they nicked one. 
then the second one we got a bit deeper and the second one lifted off either up off Bobo or Stan, Big Varga. Um, and that was us, you know. But it just shows you it's such fine lines. Um, and see, obviously you mentioned the dressing room in the UEFA Cup final, that, that dressing room at Motherwell. I mean, did anyone speak or was it, was it, is it just silence for...? It's just stunned silence. Tough. And what, is it just up, showered and away? I don't think MD showered for a while. I think you're just sitting there, you know... Um, try to take it all in. Do you still sit and, and say you sit at night and do you still think about that? Yeah, what could have been that you, season? You, you play things up? over. You play things over, but how many times do you hear it, you speak to guys, oh, if I had been or if I had stayed off this or... I think when you look back, things happen for a reason. You can't change them. You know, we were... It was an exceptional squad. And we got done in the helicopter Sunday at Fir Park. Was a sore one to take. That was our, that was the sorest. And you could have had that Frank Muller. Big Frank Muller. Um, do you think you'd have given it? I don't know. I'd have loved to have found it. I've no idea whether them. But Martin O'Neill leaving as well. Did that make it even harder? Obviously, Mrs. O'Neill hadn't been well, etc. And I think that was the reason. But Strachan was coming in. I Big Terry just told me that. I wasn't getting an hour contract, you know, so I had to start... Did, did you want a new contract? Well, you've got to be offered one, and obviously Strachan was coming in, so... And I never got offered one, so... Uh, I think he signed Boric, which is... Listen, that's football, you... You, you move on. Um, I had four and a half years at Celtic that... I've still got pals that I keep in touch with, teammates, uh, staff at Celtic, not just not just the football staff, you know, outside, so... It, you meet... Great, you meet Great people, people over the years. Like myself. Best uh, boot boy. <laughs> <laughs> Cheekiest boot boy. The Nike yeah. tempos. <laughs> oh, we need to talk about the tempos. How, why did you choose tempos all the, all the years? I'd wore them since I went to Dundee. Loved them. Uh-huh. Loved them. And I think there was probably about 100 pairs in the Nike there Tempo were. Museum. So I always <laughs> wore them. Um, but they were, to me, they were the greatest, comfiest boots. Black boots, straightforward. Need to get them back in the game. Correct. You bowed out with the Scottish Cup. An emotional day to finish. Clean sheet. Clean sheet. You like the old clean sheets, uh, don't you? Is, are clean sheets that important to Of to course, you? of course. Not just to a goalie, to the back four. Um, good way to finish. Good way to finish your, your career at Celtic, certainly. Were you emotional when you left Celtic? Do you get emotional? Not really. I think I knew, obviously, you've, you've got a shelf life at, a certain, at certain clubs, etc. And Strachan was coming in and Terry said to us, he's no keeping, you know, there's no coin. That's part and parcel of football. You know, it's very rarely will you get um, a second contract at clubs. Uh-huh. Uh, just finally, on how do you look back on your time? Best time of your career, would it be? You look back, silverware, nobody can take it away from you. Uh, great time, great friends, great people. Um, I'm glad I played. At least I played. Um, made mistakes. Played the following week. Had Got the balls to do it. Got on with it. Um, I didn't go and hide. Some people are quite good at that, but for me, no the best, no the worst, but great times, great memories, as I say. Brilliant. Uh, Leicester, you went to Leicester. Uh, how different was it f- in terms of Celtic and in terms of pressure and, and having to win every week? Leicester, Craig Levine took over, signed a load of Scottish guys. Um, they got rid of all their high earners and we really struggled, really struggled at Leicester. Why do you think that? We're just I don't know if it's too, really big, too big a... 
too much a squad overhaul maybe at once. Um, we just couldn't get going. Um, we had periods where we would, we would pick up and then we'd tail off again. Craig Levine tried bringing us in at afternoons, double sessions, before games, um, etc. And it just it didn't work. Um, how did a, how did how was Levine as a manager? Good manager. Very big in video analysis then he was. I don't know what he's like now, but um, very big in video analysis. Uh, Paul know. Hartley said that as uh, well when he was at Hearts. He was big on those video massive analysis. on it. Uh-huh. Um, it just we couldn't get going with Leicester. You know, it was like two steps forward, three back. Uh-huh. Or who was it? The Scottish boys. Who did you get on the best when you were doing that? Because Norbo loved him. Patrick uh, uh, played to Hearts. Uh-huh. Great guy. Oh, was he uh, in it? Aye, uh-huh. good player, good Funny. player. Got a bad knee injury. Aye, hilarious. Momo was there. Momo, Salah. Momo, Stevie Hughes. Uh, um, Rangers, right? Okay. Alan Maybury. So we Joe Hamill. It was a good big contingent of Scottish boys, but don't know if it was maybe too many Scottish boys. Or um, played about thirty-five games the first year. Uh, Tore my thigh. Hendo, the goalie, Paul Henderson, done really, really well. And never get back in. Uh-huh. Uh, see, just on Brendan Rodgers going there now. What what do you think Keel miss at Celtic compared to Leicester? To me, Leicester was a great place to live. Lenny told us where he, Lenny gives a list of villages to go and look at. Live. I would have lived back down there. One team city, big sports, Loughborough Uni, the Tigers at the rugby and that. Great place to live. But I think the the stadium, the buzz from Celtic, I mean, you, he's in a premiership with Leicester, certainly, but... Um, Who's their rivals? You know, Notts Forest, probably Championship. So he's not going to get that. And do you miss that when you're not there? Do you miss the the, the Celtic Rangers games, the European nights? When you see it, you're watching. I think it you the, miss. Would you Euro- still watch it on the telly and stuff? Aye, like? I think you miss the European. I miss the European nights. I was up and down with the old firm games, you know, um, highs and lows. But the European nights to me, nobody can take. Sensational, uh-huh. sensational. Uh, and just on Lenny as well. Good to see him back in the old seat. Absolute brilliant. Delighted for him. It just shows you how football can twist and turn. Brendan Rodgers decides he's going. Lenny's available. Lenny goes back in, picks him up. You know. He was a, he was an absolute winner, wasn't he, Lenny? You would want him in your team. Mm-hmm. I do a charity golf day, and one of the boys says, "Hate him." I says, "You're golfing him." So they were out at the seventh hole. So he came back in five hours later. He went. He's a mother fan. He says, "I'll buy him a pint. And I'll buy you a pint." He says, "I would never hear a bad word said against him." Actually, meeting him in person. It's just the the conception. The preconception that everybody's got to Lenny, but he's a winner. He's uh, a winner. Brilliant. Uh, right, eventually turned to D- Dundee, where the club went into turmoil. Defiant season, and I know a few of the boys that were in it. How proud he is of what he's achieved that year, and how good a dressing room was that? That was amazing. That football achievement-wise, obviously you win things at Celtic. That's probably up there because we're stripped to the bones. Your kit man had been there. He was first out the door. Saw him with a tear in his eye. Neil oh, Long, he'd been 13 years out the door. I thought, we're in trouble here. Um, but that squad, boys coming for juniors, boys getting signed through juniors, trialist, etc. Neil McCann, um, boys on loan. I think we had Jamie Adams on loan. Just absolute. You, if you could do a video or a, a, like a story, you meant a film on it, it would be amazing because that team, what they went through, Boys playing injured and everything. Higgy played with a stake in his boot one week. He had a bruised foot. He, he should have done that every week. <laughs> <laughs> but amazing, amazing. Great dressing room, great boys. How um, was Big Jeebs? I spoke to him last night. He says, best, best, probably the best time of his career. Huh? I think 
you're written off, you're down there, you've got nothing else to fight for. The only one thing you can do is get on with it and try and win games. And they were amazing. He did ask us to ask you about uh, you and me, Sparky. He says there could, that could kick off every now and again. Was he, <laughs> was he hard work for you, Lee Griffiths? Uh? Aye, aye. He's a lovable rogue. Uh -huh. Still sent him a text when his news came through about him. He's just a wee punk. Uh -huh. He'll always be a wee punk to me. But we were, I was trying to guide him the right path when we were there. He wouldn't listen to me. No. <laughs> but a good player. He turned up late for the Muddle game and then got sent off, so... I've got him in the showers. I've got him in the showers. <laughs> up like that. Because he got sent off the last couple of minutes. Turned up late. It wasn't the fact he turned up late. It's the fact he turned up late. We hadn't done the team talk, which then affects my preparation. We get beat, we're out. But he's not thought about the rest of the players' preparation. And that's what probably Lee will be thinking about now. You know, I bet if he went, went to Lee and asked him, I was selfish that day because he, he ruined everybody else's preparations and he got sent off. So I've got him by the shirt. Like Gary Irvin's hanging off my arm. Matty Locke was just standing there soaping himself up for about five minutes no, and Wee Sparky's blue. <laughs> Would Wee Sparky be swinging back? <laughs> oh, no. He was, trying, he was trying to get the hands off, my, <laughs> off his throat. But Matty Lockwood with a big poodle hair and that's just standing there soaping himself. Gary Irvin's hanging off my arm. Amazing. Uh, another thing he wanted to ask you about is, is Rab's bar. Studs and stilettos. How many good nights have you had in there? And somebody else asked us to ask you about Barry Smith's role in that season as well. Barry Smith, sensational. Um, it was sink or swim for Barry. Barry had been the youth coach. Um, obviously, Dodgy and Chizzy left. Barry's team talk at Stirling. You know, you're thinking, let's see what he's got. He came in. And you could tell he was nervous. You know, we're, we're thinking, well, if Dundee go down, there'll be no Dundee. It was basically that. He's told that. Huh? No, no, but we, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have got out the CVA. I don't think um, the money was staying in the, the league. That everybody was due, etc. But Barry did the team talk, and we went on, and I, I th we either drew one all or we won one nil. We won at Stirling, I'm sure, and that just kick started us on the run. I thought, I'm sure we won at Stirling. I need to double check that. Right, okay. But um, the boys were up for it. You could tell Barry was sitting there, but then we all bought into it. You know that. You look in the dressing room, there was like 16 and the groundsman was bringing the kit, etc. You know, they were, you were down to bare bones. And that bond with the boys... Be there forever. Aye. It's a what, special... what pressure's harder? Playing in that to save a club you need to win every week down the bottom or an old firm or a UEFA Cup final? What pressure's harder? I would say, to me, the old firm I didn't do as well in some of them. You know, you think. Then I went a couple, two or three, which was uh, clean sheets, which is great. You flog an old firm goal, it's magnified. Nothing was expected yet, Dundee, because they took the points off you. You weren't expected to go. To you know, probably now they would hit a team with 30 points just to make sure. That they went down it, it was amazing. It really was, you know. And uh, Studs and Stilettos, give us some, what names have been in there anyone would know? John Harson was in it actually a wee while ago. Him and Lenny came up and did a charity for his a wee Sunday do for a wee girl in Dundee that's got cancer. But Johnny was up at it. But I've had the Forfer boys, I've had the Broth boys, the Dundee boys, but it's... No trainers. So, uh, so you've got to wear smart shoes? Dress shoes. Bobo's no on the door, Bobo's a bouncer. There's a sign up there, right? And boys have come in, and this is God's honest truth. They've come in with trainers on. I went up and got size 11 slip-ons, size 11 lace-ons. <laughs> we won the Alba Cup with Dundee in 2009, I think. It, 2009, I'm sure it was. Jockey was 3-2, we beat Inverness. 
Next door neighbours are Dundee fan. I says, Dave, bring a couple of your pals. Well, they all turned up with trainers on. There was about 70. It's a double garage, just a bit bigger than a double garage. 70 all the jerseys up around it. Boys all turned up with trainers. I've went and got them. A couple of pair of my slip-on shoes. One of the boys is wearing Debbie's shoes, right? So the trainers, <laughs> the trainers are wearing Debbie's slippers. The trainers are lying at the back door. I went out to go for a pee in the house and me Sparky's flinging their trainers all over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Would uh, see something that you said Dundee would just go straight for the bar into training? Would, would it be that sort of... No, no. no. It's always after. you you got to earn you got to earn the right for a night instead. you got to get a win. And is, did you just go back there after you stayed up with Dundee that season? Uh, there was a few parties in, that, in there that time. That was a great squad though. Reese West and that. It was did Barry McHugh. Smith join in as well as the manager? Aye, oh, Barry was in the Christmas night out with us as well. Right. You know, it was in Edinburgh. Um, we, I'm sure we might be going to Belfast or something. We lost it because a game was off, etc. With a bad snow that year, right. it was a really bad winter in 2010, and we were in Edinburgh, and it was mayhem. Mayhem. Brilliant. Uh, right. Finally, what made you decide to hang up the gloves? I hadn't, didn't know I'd hung them up. Are, yet. They, are you still available for some? <laughs> no, I, I train with our both goalies. I try and keep them relatively shaped, but um, it was two years. I hadn't played in two years, so I think you can safely say they're they're almost hung up. But I've called them on you would play. I would I would play if need be, preferably not though. And yet you can still do a job. No, no, really. I've <laughs> never been able to. <laughs> uh, and just finally for the future, coaching, managing, enjoying coaching, learning. Uh, I never ever thought I'd do either. I vowed I would never. Um, when you're learning under the gaffer at bro, so it's great, you know. So I'll go. I've just done some goalie badges here. I'm going to go and do some more and see how we go, but. It's not life or death, but it's um, it's enjoyable. Rob, top man. Thanks Thank very you. much. Cheers, mate. TV gives you the best seat in the house for the start of the new football season as you can stream Sky Sports, Premier Sports and BT Sport together and all without a contract. Now that's more like it. So whether you're lining up for the Premier League and the EFL Championship Oh it's a stunner! Or the Scottish Premiership and Serie A The title race is blown open. You can now tackle the lot. Your sport on your terms. Search Now TV Sports. 18 plus content stream via internet. Full terms apply. You hold a crisp green apple in your palm. You take a bite and the first fresh crunch bursts into sweetness. The flavour lingers and the sensation is delicious. We've brought colour to this feeling with Kerry Pippin, one of 28 new contemporary colours inspired by Ireland. Visit colourtrend.ie to find and support your local stockist. Colour Trend, an Irish company proudly crafting paint since 1953.